Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, worship team, for just uh, an incredible time together in worship. And uh, it's so great to be with you this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Dan Pattengill. I'm one of the pastors here at Crosspoint Church, an associate pastor, pastor of ministry development. And uh, I have the privilege and honor to be able to share the message with you this morning. And uh, one of uh, Ahead of time, I want to let you know we're going to dive into Exodus chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles with you and you want to open them up, you can start looking for that. It'll also be on the screen or if you're on a digital device, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, but before we dive into the scriptures, I want to just share something with you about my life. Uh, kind of hit a milestone in my life. About January, it was January 21st, just about a week ago. Uh, I asked one of the biggest questions that I had ever asked and I was really nervous. But before I could ask this question, I had to ask somebody else a question. I had to call my father-in-law to set up a meeting so I could ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. And I was absolutely terrified. So I didn't live in the same town as him, and I wanted to meet face-to-face with him uh, to do this. And so I decided to call him ahead of time to do this. And I remember being in my basement at my parents' house trying to build up the courage to make this phone call. And so anybody ever had been trying to make a phone call or do something where you're just trying to build up the courage to do something and you're just playing it over in your head? This was that moment for me. And I'm pacing back and forth in my basement saying, I can do this. Got to make this phone call. I honestly don't know how long I was down there pacing for. I, I really don't remember. I just remember being terrified to make this phone call. But I do remember at some point when I was pacing, I just stopped and I looked at the phone and I said, do I want to marry Lindsay? Yes. And I hit the phone call button. And I'm like, the phone just started ringing and all of a sudden I'm panicking going, I want to hang up. But I realized that he saw that I already called, which now it's almost too late. So I'm like, all right, I'm staying on. Here we go. And he answers the phone. I don't remember much of the conversation, but I do remember on the phone, feeling like a tiny little kid asking a grown-up for something. And I just was absolutely terrified. And so I got off the phone, and I was like, whew, that's over. And I felt really good. The anxieties had gone down, and I was feeling comfortable. Then all of a sudden, I realized next week I'm meeting him for coffee to ask him even a bigger question. And all of a sudden, the anxieties were back, stress, worried. I was thinking about all these things, and I'm telling you, I think I was more nervous asking him than asking Lindsay. And it wasn't out of fear because he was mean or anything like that. It was that I actually, I really truly respected my father-in-law, and I'm so thankful for the father-in-law that I have. I'm thankful that he was generous to me uh, in that moment we met for coffee, and so I remember waiting to go to get coffee with him. I'm pretty sure I waited for like an hour just sitting by myself. That was like the longest hour. And then we went and got coffee. And so I'm going to try to pay, right? Yeah, he didn't allow me to even pay. 
And so I'm just, I'm sitting there and I remember asking him the question and he was really gracious about it. But it wasn't, it wasn't out of fear of him. It was just that I truly respected him and I'm so thankful for that. But here's the thing. Being uncomfortable can lead us to some of the greatest things in our lives. This led to the greatest thing in my life. I believe that being uncomfortable in our walk with God will lead us to the greatest things in our life. We're going to be looking at a man who God asks him to do something, and he gets a little bit uncomfortable. He's not really liking the assignment. He doesn't feel like he's the right person for the job. And so we're going to dive, dive in and look at the scripture of this, and at the end, then we're going to take and we're going to look at going, how can we learn from, this, from his story and apply it to our lives? And so in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 is where we're going to begin. And this is what it says. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Oh, father-in-laws. Just realized that. <laughs> Started my story today with a father-in-law. There you go. The priest of Midian, and uh, let, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush, the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and I'll see this strange sight, why the bush doesn't burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. So I have come down to rescue them from the, land, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I'm thankful that we can always go to it, to seek you, to learn from different men in the Bible of how they responded. And so God, I pray as we look at this scripture, God, we'll reflect on our lives and how we should respond. God, we give this time to you, Lord. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So Moses' response when he says to go is, who am I? His response is, who am I? You can already tell in this moment that Moses is a little uncomfortable with what God is asking him to do because he's saying, who am I? Here's the thing. Moses was uncomfortable because he was focusing on the wrong things. He is focusing on his shortcomings rather than the knowledge that God will be with him. 
God will be with him. So let's go back to the scripture. First, let's look at verse 8. Okay, let's go back to verse 8. God says, so I have come down to rescue them. God is saying he's coming down to rescue them. Moses isn't the one who is rescuing them from the Egyptians. God is. God is just using him and guiding Moses to lead them out of there. Then from there, we see Moses ask the question in verse 11. He says, who am I? Who am I? And I think God's response is so key in this moment that we need to hold on to more often. I will be with you. I will be with you is God's response to Moses when he's asking the question, who am I? I think sometimes we put so much responsibility and pressures on ourselves because we think we are doing it all when in all reality, God is doing the work. We are simply just his vessels. We just need to show up and say yes. He's going to do everything else. He is there the whole time. He is there the whole time. We need to lean and hold on to that. So now let's go and look at Moses, how he responds after knowing that God is going to be with him. We're going to move forward a little bit to Matthew, or Matthew, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. So in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, this is what it says. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me? Or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. I'm telling you, I probably would have done the same thing. Or maybe done a little dance of some sort. I do not like snakes. Anybody else in the house don't like snakes? Okay, I'm just thinking right there alone. Then... Here's the crazier thing. Watch what happens next. Talk about having some faith. All right. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. I'm thinking, no way I'm doing that. I'm not grabbing a snake. But Moses reaches out and he took hold of the snake and it turned back into his, uh, in his hands a staff. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And from there, when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Then says, now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put it back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they don't believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. And so Moses question here as we look at the, uh, his, his question he has for God is he's struggling if the people are going to trust him or even believe that God sent him. And so in this moment, Moses is more worried about people not trusting him. He's uncomfortable that his peers won't believe what he is saying. He is more focused on what others think of him than what God is asking him to do. And I think sometimes we can be more concerned about what others may think of us than doing what God has asked us to do. And that can be dangerous. Because you know what? People may question you going, why are you doing this? 
Well, I feel like this is what God wants. Well, that's just crazy. Well, who cares what they think? I'm serving God. I'm not serving them. And so we need to focus and continuously be reminding who is our creator and who do we want to be obedient to, the world or to God? So prior to this conversation, he already knew that God was going to be with him. Remember, we go back. He knew that God was going to be with him. Yet he still wasn't convinced, so he wanted more proof. And so God gives him proof. The thing is, is actually God is showing him what he will do. These things are actually taking place. So he's definitely going to show up later and do these things as well in front of the Israelites. And so let's go over those again. So God turns Moses' staff into a servant, then back into a rod. God makes Moses' hand leprous, then he heals it. God instructs Moses to turn water from the Nile into blood. And so God confirms that they will trust him because he will prove to the Israelites that God is with Moses. Again, going back, that God would be with him. Going back to the same thing when he asked the question, who am I? God will be with you. God will show the signs. So you would think a lot of cool things have already started to take place here. If you think about this scripture, the first thing is he's seeing a burning bush that doesn't burn up. And he talks with God. Then, knowing that God said he would be with him, and then giving him three signs, you would think that would be enough. It wasn't quite. Moses still wasn't ready. This was a battle for Moses. And so let's go to Exodus chapter 4, 10, as we continue, and seeing how Moses responds after all this taking place. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Oh, here, sorry, I'm going back to 10. But uh, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave you human beings their mouth? Who gave it to you? Who makes the deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? If not I, the Lord. Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Now, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please. Send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him, put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. It will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. So that you can perform the signs with it. And so Moses raises a concern of going, I'm not a great communicator. I'm not a great speaker. There needs to be someone else. This isn't right. And you know, Moses' concern, I think some of us all probably would have. And if we want to dive in a little bit further, let's kind of look at how it really was for him. So knowing that he struggles with speech. But listen to this. Egyptian magicians acted as Pharaoh's advisors. They were known of being proud of their considerable powers of speech. And so the magicians that come up later were people that knew how to communicate, to intimidate the way they communicated. So Moses' moment of being concerned is probably somewhat relevant. He's going to address Pharaoh and his courts. However, as the Lord signified in making Moses' hand leprous, 
and then restoring it, he has the power to heal that he had just previously shown. So he's already showing that, hey, I created you. You have nothing to worry about, so stop worrying about your mouth. I will take care of you. And so it's Moses' hand uh, leprous and then restoring it. He has the power to work in and through that which he has created, including Moses' mouth. And so I think for us, I think it's important for us to stop and really look at this scripture and be reminded of something. We need to be reminded that God created us. We need to be reminded that God created us. He knows our perceived inabilities and his struggles. But he is greater than them all and will empower us to do his work. We need to be reminded who created us. we got to stop leaning on our understandings of who we are and start looking through the lens of what, how God sees us. Now, looking at this story, Moses is asking a lot of questions. He's even saying, God, there has to be someone else for this. There has to be someone else. He's wanting to convince God to do something else. But I want you to think for a moment. If Moses wins this argument with God, Moses truly loses in the end, I believe. Multiple reasons. Imagine all the amazing things that take place after this. He's not going to see that and be a part of it. He's not going to have those experiences. But the thing that he's going to miss out on the most is, is his faith will not be growing. Because he's staying where he's at. If he wants to grow closer to God, he needs to say yes to what God is calling him to do. And so it's a reminder for us how important it is. And here's the thing with Moses as well is that if he says yes or no, it doesn't just affect him. It affects the Israelites' lives as well. It affects their lives because God was going to send him. And the same thing with us. Our yes or no to God affects those around us and generally the ones we love the most. Now looking at Moses, could God have sent someone else if Moses said no? Possibly, we don't know how that would have played out in scripture. I think he would have. But here's the thing, no matter what, the Israelites would have been in slavery longer because he didn't say yes. And so lives were changed because of his response. And I believe our responses directly affect those around us as well. So it's a reminder for us, if we win an argument with God, we actually lose. We lose growing closer to him. We lose on the experiences that God is asking us to be a part of. Doing something uncomfortable for God will grow your faith immensely. Will grow your faith immensely. But comfortable faith will not grow. Comfortable faith won't grow. If you want to grow closer to God, it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to get to the point of going, I don't care about being uncomfortable because I want to get closer to God. I don't want to continue to stay where I am. I want to be closer to him. So if that means I have to step into the uncomfortable, so be it. I'm putting my faith and I'm putting my trust in him. And so I think that in our society, it's easy for us to want to stay in comfortable faith. Because our society has created a little bit of a culture of wanting to stay comfortable. Something was said to me one time about that. I was at the dentist's office, which I do not like going to the dentist. Anybody else in the house do not like going to the dentist? Right, who loves going to the dentist? Out of curiosity, there's a couple people. Wow, I didn't know that even happened. That's incredible. Um, I do not like going to the dentist. Going back to like going to talk to my father-in-law, anxieties up, worries, anxious, all those feelings of being uncomfortable. And so whenever I've had major work done 
at the dentist, the dentist asks, do you want gas? My answer is yes, please. Always. Because after I start getting some gas, I'm becoming a little bit more relaxed where I'm not as concerned about what's taking place anymore. But some one time, a while back, he said something to me. He said, I believe in the 21st century, you should feel comfortable going to the dentist. I'm going, yeah, I kind of agree with that. That's a great idea. I'm going, you know, next cleaning, I'm fine with it. Help me out. Because even the cleanings I don't like, they make me nervous. I don't like the noise. All right, so... <laughs> Looking at it, we live in a society where comfort is normal. When it was freezing cold this week, we could, have, we could turn the furnace on. We could get a fire going. There's all these options to be comfort. I don't think a lot of people were saying, sign me up. I'm going to stand outside and sit out and then be uncomfortable in the cold. No, we're fine in place of comfort. When it's hot outside in the summer, we're turning our air conditioners on, and we want to be comfortable with a nice airflow going in. And so I think there's a lot of areas where we're looking for comfort within our lives, which I think is great. I'm so thankful that we have those things. But here's the thing. With our faith walk, it can be easy for that to become our default, to want to be comfortable, I think, in our walk with God. Because we live in such a comfortable in society with so many things that we do that when we are pressed to do something that we're not really sure about, we're like, eh, I'm just going to stay here in the comfort zone. And I'm telling you, I think we're missing out on a lot when we're not leaning into God and stepping into the uncomfortable area where God wants us to go. And so I believe also, with our walk with God, if we aren't moving forward, I think we're really moving backwards. Life has too many challenges and temptations to become complacent in our walk with God. So my question is for us is, where do we need to get uncomfortable? Where in your life right now is there an area that you have been putting off that God has been urging you to do because you've been uncomfortable and you keep making excuses not to go that area for your life? I think there's many areas that God may be asking you to. I don't know what it is, but here's some that I think could be. God may be asking you to lead your family in a prayer time. And you've been putting it off because, you know what, we haven't been doing it. I feel uncomfortable, and so you just keep ignoring it. Or we did it once or twice, then we get back to it, and so we just got out of the routine, so I'm just staying away from that. And maybe getting in the word of God more than you have been. And maybe inviting someone to church. Maybe sharing the gospel with someone. Sharing about the transformation that God has made in your life to them. Another one is, I believe, to get water baptized. To join a small group. To volunteer in Kidman. Volunteer in the youth area. Volunteer, finding a way to jump in and being a part of what God is doing here at the church. As Pastor was saying, it, maybe it's just getting in the game and being a part of what's going on and stop being on the sidelines. Join in for what God is doing in any area of our lives, here, outside these walls, wherever God is asking you. So, as a pastor, there's certain things that I just absolutely love. And one thing that I absolutely love more than anything is when I know someone is stepping out of their comfort zone because I, they're going to grow in their faith. That's like one of my favorite moments because I know what the next is going to be. It's just they're going to continue to grow in their faith. Last week I had this moment. I received a text message from a friend who I've been seeing grow in their faith within the last six months to a year. And it's so exciting 
But I knew that there was other steps for them to eventually take. And I received this text, and this is what it said. He said, hey, Pastor Dan, first off, I want to let you know that I'm taking my next step in my faith. I signed up for Men of Iron. Listen to this. A little anxious being an introvert, but I'm looking forward to it. That is stepping out in faith. When you are uncomfortable knowing that this isn't my comfort zone, but I know that my faith's going to grow, so I'm going to step in. I think there's a lot of us that fall in that place where we can feel like that, but we have a choice to make. Are we going to dive into the uncomfortable, or are we just going to lean back and stay where we're comfortable? He could have stayed in the comfort zone, but he said no more. Then I received a text that night. He said, I'm excited for next week already. Have a wonderful week. Man, I just think in that moment, if he never signed up for that, he's missing out on this opportunity to continue to grow in his faith. But instead, he leaned in and said yes, and he showed up, and it's going to continue to grow in his walk with God. And here's the thing is, our walk with God, it never ends. No matter where we are with our walk, with our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you just asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior just like a minute ago, or if you've been going at it for 80 plus years, I truly believe that God has something more for you. You can't continue just to say, well, I've gone all these things, I'm good now. No, I believe there's something that God's probably asking you to do, but you've been uncomfortable and you've been making excuses. Step out of your comfort zone and do what God has asked you to do. It doesn't matter where you are. But I think that's incredible to think that no matter where we are, God is not done with us. He always wants something more. We're never going to get to the place where we have arrived. If we think we have, we've missed the mark. we got to keep going. So some of these areas where I think that God may be talking to us, or maybe talking to you personally, one area that I think is such an important area to stepping out in your faith in the next journey is water baptism. I'm telling you, I, there was a guy I knew who, was, who got water baptized a while back, and he had been a follower of Jesus Christ for a very long time. And he loved the Lord, had a relationship with him. But he never took that next step and got water baptized. I don't really even know why, but he just didn't. But that day was so cool. Because I remember after the water baptism, there was something that changed in him. His commitment or whatever just totally shifted. And he was all in more than he was before. And it was so exciting to see his change that took place. By just stepping out in faith. He could have made excuses. And I believe that this can be one of the excuses that we use or people use. I've waited too long. What will people think? I've been a Christian for this long. Who cares what they think? You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for him. And so eliminate the excuses and lean into that. Another thing is, is, and I know it's nerve-wracking, but being in front of people. It can be scary to do. But I'm telling you, if that's what it is and you're really scared and nervous because of that, all I'm going to say is your faith's going to grow more that day because you're nervous. Because here's the thing. If we're nervous and scared and we're uncomfortable, we're leaning into God's strength. But if we're comfortable standing in front of people, it's not going to be as much trust having to lean on God in that moment. 
And so any area of your life, when we lean into him, our faith's going to grow. That's why I believe that we have to eventually get to points of being uncomfortable. Because that's where our faith is going to grow the most in our walk with God. If you're wanting to get water baptized, I encourage you to talk to someone about it. If you've been thinking about it, fill out a card. There's one in front of you. Drop it in the offering box. Call the church office. Stop putting it off. I believe that God has a next for you in that area and keep going. I believe another area that we can look at is worship. I believe worship can be an area of continuous growth of just going after God. And so some of you, the worship experience that we have here at our church, you're not maybe used to it. And so even just singing out loud may be different. Start there. Just start singing to the songs. And then when you get comfortable at that point, go, okay, God, what do you want me to do next? Well, maybe you feel God saying, you know, I need to raise my hands and just worship God and say, God, I surrender to you. I'm not worried about what others think of me. I'm going to give this time and focus to you. And so it can be challenging, but it's always taking the next step. And so every time we're uncomfortable and we step in, generally we eventually become comfortable. And it's easy to stay there, but it's looking for the next of going, okay, where do I need to go to the next uncomfortable? And our faith just continues to grow as we do that. Another area I believe is prayer. Is prayer. It could be just starting prayer, talking to God on a daily basis. We're all at different places, and that's okay. But ask yourself, where do I need to start with this? It could be waking up and giving five minutes and just praying and talking to God. It could be saying, you know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to start my day praying with my spouse. It could be waking up and saying, you know what? I'm this day, I'm going to spend time in prayer throughout the day. Every time I go to a meeting, before I walk into the room, I'm going to stop and say, God, lead me in this moment. Help me not to miss anything. May I represent you best in this meeting, in Jesus' name, amen. It's continuously finding ways to continue to grow. It could be instead of saying, when you see someone struggling, say, hey, I'm praying for you, to say instead, can I pray with you right now? To pray with them in that moment. It may be something you've never done before, but your faith is gonna grow if you continue to find ways to lean into him. The next one, I believe, is sharing the gospel. Sharing our testimony, sharing what God has done in our lives with others. Inviting people to church. This is our greatest calling is to reach the people that don't know Jesus Christ. It's our greatest calling. As we talk about here at our church, to reach the 12,000 within a 10-mile radius. That should be our heartbeat. If we are believers of Jesus Christ, we are all called to that. Not just one of us. Not just the pastors. If we have all accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior, that's our mission. That's our call. And all the way across the world as well. We can't just stop. And so we got to look at the places in our life and going where we're going. At the work, at the grocery store, in our neighborhood. How can we reach those people? We might be feeling uncomfortable in those moments reaching out to them. But we need to reach out to people that maybe don't think the same way we do. Maybe don't always agree with the same things we agree with. But I think it's important for us to make sure that we get out of our comfort zone and show love to those people around us. No matter what. Even if we don't have everything in common. Because God loves them just as much as he loves us. And we have to go after them and love them. 
I'll remember um, a Father's Day. This was years back, and I was, uh, I had received a dad's root beer for Father's Day, you know, the good old dad's root beers, and I was sitting at my house, and I was, I had the dad's root beer, and I was sitting there at my couch, and I remember looking out the window, and I see my neighbor mowing the lawn, and I just remember all of a sudden having this conversation with God where I felt like God said, hey, you need to go over to your neighbor who's mowing the lawn, interrupt him mowing his lawn, and give him a dad's root beer and say happy Father's Day. And my introverted self in this moment started having a conversation like Moses did with God. And I'm telling you, my assignment was pretty basic at this point compared to Moses's. I mean, seriously, I, well, I'm like, I look back, I'm like, this is the dumbest argument I've ever had. But anyway, this is a true story. It's embarrassing to say. But I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of contemplating. And all of a sudden, I'm like, fine. Like, I just couldn't shake it. So I got up, and I walked out. And it wasn't because I wanted the dad's rip beer. It was, <laughs> but I went out, and I remember going over to him, and I just said, hey, I just wanted to give you this dad's root beer, and I wanted to say happy Father's Day to you. And he stopped, and he looked me straight in the face, and he said, thank you. No one has said that to me today yet. And this was in the afternoon. He has kids. He actually lived with his son and lived with his grandkids. And my heart just broke. And I'm going, I'm so thankful that I didn't allow my introverted argument to miss out on this opportunity, to miss out on this experience that this man needed that day. And all of a sudden, something shifted in my relationship with that guy. All of a sudden, we started having conversations that we weren't having before. And I was able to be with him during some other times. And so we got we to gotta look outside our walls and not just be focused always in our area, in our lane. So here's the thing. So how can we have confidence to know what God has asked us to do? How can we have the confidence to do the task that God has given us. I think we got to go all the way back to when we started talking about Moses and be reminded that God was with him. God is with you. So whatever task God is giving you, remember that he is with you. You're not walking it alone. This last September, I did something very uncomfortable for me. I went on the Boundary Waters trip. I heard someone laughing, and they know why, because they know me. <laughs> I do not, I, I don't camp. Like, that's just not something I've done throughout my life. I'm not, that's just not my comfort zone. And so boundary wires, that's totally different. Like, I mean, you're disconnected from the world. Like, your phone doesn't really work. No, your phone doesn't work. It's crazy. Like, you get up there, and all of a sudden, it's just gone. You can't make a call worth anything. But I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for that experience for many different reasons. One, it did get me out of my comfort zone, and I had a blast seeing God's country, or God's world in such a new way. But the thing also was, is when I, when I arrived there, I pulled out my Bible, and I'm so thankful for this experience, uh, for, this, for this reason too, mainly, is I pull out and I have bookmarks from my kids. And the first one was from my daughter Nora, and just said, I love you, Dad. Made me happy. Then my next one was from my son. It said, love you, Dad. You're the best dad. Then my oldest daughter, she said, hi, Dad. I miss you so much, and I love you so much. I hope you're having fun. And then she put here, 1 Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that verse means something to my daughter. 
I call it her life verse. It's the verse that she goes to when she struggles. And not that long ago, I remember her standing on a diving board and she was going to jump in the deep end for the first time. And I remember her being really nervous. I remember doing it. I was really nervous too when I was younger. But I looked over and I saw my daughter and I saw her lips begin to move before she jumps in. And she jumps in the water. And then she swims across. She gets out of the water and I, I say to her, I said, hey, Ella, did you say your verse? She's like, yeah, how'd you know? I said, I saw your lips moving. And I'm like, that's awesome. I was so proud of her for, for learning to swim. But I'm telling you, I was more proud of her as her dad because when she was uncomfortable and scared, she went to God. She said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You think as a grown man I would know that. So at the Boundary Waters trip, all of a sudden I'm hitting a point where I'm struggling. And all of a sudden, I remember what she wrote. And I just said, I need to claim this over my life right now. I need to start walking and carrying this canoe and saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think we got to be reminded that we need to claim things over our lives. That God has for us. That God is with us. When we feel alone, we're saying no. I'm not alone because I know my heavenly father's with me because he loves me and he cares about me. We need to hold on to these truths. We have to hold on to them. I believe that when we face the moments when we're uncomfortable or struggling, we need to claim scripture over our lives. Got to claim scripture over our lives. Claim it. I'm so thankful that I can learn from my daughter. To have faith like a child, it says in the Bible. I think sometimes we got to go back to that. Faith like a child. <laughs> Don't allow being uncomfortable to hold you back from what God wants for your life. The enemy wants us to feel uncomfortable. He wants us to feel anxious to hold you back from what God has for you. Whatever God is stirring in your heart, even maybe in this moment, the enemy is going to try to convince you otherwise. Because he knows that if you say yes, he knows the results of it, and it terrifies him. And so we need to lean into him. Our greatest breakthrough will come when we step out of our complacency and walk into the uncomfortable. We will find our faith stronger on the other side. We will find our faith stronger in on the other side. When we walk into the un uncomfortable, we need to proclaim that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to hold on to that and never let it go. To be reminded of what God said to Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. If you please bow your heads and close your eyes. Some of you in this room maybe have been holding back, not asking Jesus Christ to become Lord of your life. Maybe it's been because you have been afraid of letting go of the past and admitting that you have fallen short. Or even maybe you just feel unworthy. But here's the thing, we've all fallen short. There's no one that has walked this earth except Jesus Christ that hasn't fallen short. Don't allow being uncomfortable to hold you back to what Jesus Christ 
to be Lord of your life and forgiveness of your sins. Here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's what you're wanting. If you're wanting to ask Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life and forgiveness of your sins or recommit your life to him, this is your moment. Even in this moment, you might be starting to feel a little uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, your faith will start to grow in this moment even more if you say yes to it. And so when I count to three, if that's you, just raise your hand saying, I want to recommit my life to Jesus or ask Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life and forgiveness of my sins. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand. I see that hand. Praise God. There are others. Praise God. Please stand. If you raise your hand, we're going to say a prayer. And I just encourage you during this prayer, just to repeat the words that I'm going to say, but what I ask is just to mean it with everything within your heart. And to know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, that we'll be praying alongside you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come give me a fresh start. Be my king. Be my savior. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. Help me from this day forward to live for you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind all my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise. If you said yes to asking Jesus Christ to be personal Lord and Savior or recommit your life to him, I encourage you to text 319-250-8996, or sorry, 98, and text the word yes. We would love to follow up with you and just encourage you along the way. We need to do life together and doing community. And so please just text the word yes to that number. Now before, here in just a moment, we have one song that we always leave at the end. And the prayer team is going to come up in just a moment. But I believe that in this message, God's wrestling with some of you of wanting to take a next step. And you have been kind of battling back and forth with it for quite some time. And I just encourage you, whatever that is, that you've just been uncomfortable to do what God has asked you to do. I really encourage you to, one, have a conversation with God about it. Talk to him. He cares about you. Then I encourage you to say yes. Then from there, don't keep it to yourself. Because if you keep it to yourself, most likely it's not going to go anywhere you got to start putting steps and actions into place. So feel free to call me, email me, let one of the pastors know, let a friend know, let a neighbor know. Whoever it is, let someone know. Let your small group know what God has been laying on your heart of what you need to do. And also the prayer team is going to be up here. Maybe it's just sharing with them what God has been laying on your heart. And to just take that next step of faith and trust him even in the uncomfortable. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. God, I'm so thankful that 
you're there for us when we're uncomfortable. But God, I'm thankful even for the moments of being uncomfortable because God, I know that our faith grows there because we're leaning into you more in that moment. We're leaning into your strength. God, may we be reminded that you're constantly with us. And so God, I pray for anyone in this room right now that is hurting, that is in pain, and it has just been a challenging week. God, I pray that your love will wrap around them in this moment. God, may they sense your love, but to be reminded that you are there with them, that they're not walking this alone, God. God, I pray for the people in this room that are just holding back. God, to take that next step of faith, whatever they need to do after this service, to start putting things into action so that it'll take place, Lord. God, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The prayer team's here. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.